Ah, uh, yeah. We back. You thought we was gone. And welcome to a new era, a new season of the Jason Cole Father Something podcast. As always, I'm your host, Cole, and I'm here with my co-host slash dad, Jason. What's up? What's up? How you feeling? I'm feeling good. How's um, it feel to have the headphones back on? It, it feels kind of weird because we haven't... Last time we recorded was about to jacket breakdown last in 2022, January. It's kind of crazy to think yeah. about. It's uh, been a long road. The Father-Son Thing podcast was started at all. Many shows have spun off from the Father-Son Thing podcast. We had a studio one time. We did the Barter Jacket Breakdown podcast for a couple of years. We had COVID. Mm-hmm. So a lot's been going on. You've had your own baseball. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we've been busy, but football season's starting back. Thank goodness. And uh, fantasy football drafts have started. You've had a couple already. We've got a couple coming up. So how you feel about your team so far? Um... I'm feeling really good, actually. I got the fourth pick in a six-man, and I got the last pick in an eight-man. I felt really good about that. Uh, I'm liking my team so far. I mean, this one guy in my league, he's definitely getting last. He drafted all Seahawks players. So yeah, what's up with that? That don't I, make no sense. I have no idea. I, I don't. He's a big Seahawks fan, I'm yeah, guessing. But you can't do that. You can't have too many players on one team. But uh, I, And I play in week five. That's when the Seahawks have a bye week, so I'm just getting handed to win, I guess. Well, since the last time we recorded, we both got to experience something for the first time that we've always wanted to do. And uh, <laughs> we both got to go to a Mets game. We've been to a couple now. About three, right? Yeah, You've been to four. I've been to three. Yeah, it's uh, exactly what I thought it would be. Frustrating as hell. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it for sure. But uh, now I want to talk to you about the experience of going to City Field and uh, you know your first time. You've been to ball games before. You've seen the Mets play before. But yeah. I wanted to get your uh, and tell me how you how you felt about it. what was your favorite parts of the experience. Um, I mean, the first time we went, we had great seats. Um, it was just a fun experience to be uh, watching watching the Mets at home. You know, I've always watched them in Tampa. I watched them in Miami. Um, it's just, I mean, it was always a great experience to watch my favorite team play, but just to see them play at their home field, it was great. And the first time that we went, my favorite player, Pete Alonzo, hit a home run, so that was great. But um, he hasn't been doing as good, and the Mets haven't been as doing been doing as good as of late. Yeah, the trade deadline just bad. You know, we're, we're going to kick off and, and get into – um, some topics and football coming up because because baseball is kind of winding down for us. We're, you know, it's it Just seems looking like, forward to next year and the years after. That's what we do as Met fans. We look forward to next year. That's that's it. But um, I wanted to you know pick your brain on what what about the ballpark experience was the, the most fun for you? Mm, that's kind of tough. I mean, I I. I mean, like, I'm an avid baseball watcher. I just like watching the game, honestly. But there's, like, a lot of things going on outside of the ballpark. Like, uh, they have, like, a little wiffle ball field. I thought that was pretty cool. It's, like, an exact replica of City Field at the ballpark. And just, like, seeing all the different, like, seats and, like, views of the ballpark. It was, I mean, that was honestly my favorite part. Just seeing, like, the views of the ballpark. Because I've been three times and we've sat in different seats every single time. I just think seeing different views of the ballpark while the game's going on, and even like before the game, when there's like really nobody in the in the uh, stadium. I I mean, it's just a cool experience. So we sat up, kind of like in the outfield and left field, um, on the third base side, 
uh, the first time we went. And then we sat in the outfield, like the first row on the second level of left field. Mm-hmm. Almost got a homer, no one Yeah, he was on uh, MLB.com. And then the third game that you went to, we sat um, right behind the uh, first base side. Yeah, first base behind the Mets dugout, about 30 rows. I went one other time and sat in the club level. That was a pretty cool experience. Mm-hmm. Wish I was um, but out of the spots that you went, where did you like the best? Um, probably either the first row on the outfield that or the uh, the last time I went first base side. Uh, I I really did like the outfield because it's just a cool experience seeing it from like that angle, like I said before. But I feel like the like I was really close to getting a homer. Like that was probably the coolest part, even though that homer did lose us that game. You know what I noticed sitting in the outfield. And I don't know why. I mean, I always knew that there was positioning going on mm-hmm. with the outfielders, depending on who the hitter is. I always just figured that came from the dugout with a hand signal or something. And and to see the outfielder, because you know, when you're sitting in the seats that we were, we're literally 50 feet, right, from mm-hmm. the left fielder. And to see every batter come up and, you know, they look at their scorecard. They look at the little card, and yep. you know, one had it in his back pocket. the The day that we went, the Cardinals, uh, I forget the guy's Jordan line, Walker. Jordan Walker. Yep. He had it in his hat. And what was really interesting to me is watching them do that. But then when there was a pitching change, and the bullpen gate open, mm-hmm. and the the, you know, the relief pitcher runs out, then a coach who is bullpen coach would come out into the outfield. And give the outfielders a new card. Yeah, you never see that on TV you because it always see that. goes in a commercial. Yeah, and, and it just showed me that, okay, there's a new pitcher. It's a new game plan on how this pitcher is going to attack the hitters. Therefore, we're going to defensively play this way. And it's just a, one of those little things about baseball you just don't see when you're watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking on baseball, I wanted to touch, touch on the new rules a little bit. Well, How do you feel the new rules have been overall for the first year? I mean, I didn't really think – I like, at the beginning of the year, I really thought that they would take a big effect on players because the pitch clock, I felt like it would um, grant more injuries on players because they don't really have uh, a lot of time to, like, kind of – like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, they don't have a lot of time to, like – in between pitches, they don't have a lot of time to, like, settle down and, like, regroup or whatever. But really, it, it really hasn't affected baseball that much. I mean, there's been a couple, like – kind of weird calls with them, like the like getting ready like a couple seconds before the pitch clock goes off. But I I really do, and the shift changes, I really don't feel like they've affected baseball that much, in my opinion. Yeah, I haven't really noticed the shift changes being a big part of it. But the pitch clock, the game's faster. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Whether and I, I like that, actually. Absolutely. You watch it on TV, it goes by quick. When you're at the stadium, you really – recognize it mm-hmm. you don't realize how much time was wasted in between pitches mm-hmm. you know with the batters messing with their gloves and their hats and you know just stepping out all the time and then the throw over to first limiting that yeah we got the bigger bases now you know i don't know how i feel about that but i like i didn't think i was gonna like it i mean the mets did balk in a winning run the other day i don't know how the hell that happened excuse me but you know it, it's I think it's good for the game overall. Yeah, I think that I you're going to have a lot more. You know, we went to the games with some people that necessarily aren't baseball fans, mm-hmm. but it's a more enjoyable experience mm-hmm. 
being at the game when it's a little faster pace. Mm-hmm. You know, baseball can get very. I mean, it's the only sport with a built-in stretch for the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, seventh inning, got to get up. It's so boring. You, know, you got to stretch <laughs> out and sing a song. So, you know, I like that part of it, but it's it's another rough season for the Mets. Yeah, I is, mean, it's kind of tough to watch at this point. I can't even watch. We just got swept by the worst team in baseball. Yeah. Did you know that? It's almost like we're tanking. I mean, might as well, right? I we mean, have nothing to play for. I call up Ronnie Mauricio. I don't know what we're doing. Call up Ronnie Mauricio. I don't see that. That gets into, you know, how you bring a guy up and you give him MLB experience at that at the MLB level, then it it, it does something to their contract and and playing time in the in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. So a lot of not bringing up young players like that is about future control of the player, which is something we can get into later. But yeah, I mean overall. I like what the front office is doing as far as stockpiling talent. Yeah, I do as well. I minors. really like that Justin Verlander trade. Yeah, I mean, we we traded – hell, we've traded three Cy Young pitchers. I mean, if you think about it, not traded, but we let DeGrom go, mm-hmm. Cy Young pitcher. We traded Scherzer. We traded Verlander. But I I like both of those trades. I got. like them too. The only thing that I'm skeptical, but I I'm, I have faith in the front office, is what they're going to do pitching wise. Yep, we got in, a in 24 mm-hmm. because you know you got Alonzo on a walk year next year, and I'm really hoping they try to sign him in this off season. Yeah, so we don't go through that. But um, if we don't trade him in this or sign him in this off season, don't be shocked that they they trade him next year. Because I don't want that to happen. I don't either, but with all the young talent that they're stockpiling, Alonzo fits that. But at the same time, if they could get some young pieces arms-wise for him yeah. to go along with what we have, then I, I think that's a good thing. I so. mean, Pete Long's my favorite player, obviously. I do not want to see that happen. But if it's if they think it's best for the Mets, the, for the team, then they would do it. But I just don't see that happening. Give like, me, give me your top five right now for power rankings in the MLB. Ooh, Braves at one Braves for at sure. One, okay. Braves at one. I hate the Braves. They always are good. I know. Why? I don't know. Who's on their team? I, like, can, I don't even I understand. Can the whole roster: Sean oh, Murphy, oh, catcher. Yeah, I figured you could. I, I know Acuna. That's it. I mean, he's probably going to get an MVP. But, if uh, we're being honest, it just seems like Pete Freddie Freeman leaves. They they, they stay good. Yeah. They stay. They got Matt Olson. He's been such a good replacement. I mean, he's been great for the Braves. All right, so you got the Braves at number one. Mm, this and this doesn't have to be in order. Mm-hmm. Just give me five. The Rangers probably. They're they're just so good. I mean, they're they're such a young team, but they're just such a good team. Besides, I mean, their pitching is great. Probably the best pitching staff in baseball when the ground is healthy. Um. Hmm. I kind of got to think about this one. I mean, let me let me think. No, nobody from the central teams. The central teams, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't say anybody from there. Um, maybe the Astros. I think the Astros are definitely up there as well. Um, Dodgers and Diamondbacks. I guess the Diamondbacks are a really they're a really good team for how young they are. They're a really good team. But yeah, that's in no particular order. That would be my five. But if you had to pick one of the five right now, would you go Braves? Yes. Braves. I mean. I hate that. I mean, they're the best team in baseball. All around, they're the best team in baseball. I can't stand it. It's not Tomahawk Chop. What? 
a tomahawk chop like the Seminoles? Oh, yeah. Whatever. I hate that. You can't deny how good they are. Oh, though. damn that. I don't like it. It's a, it's offensive to the Indians. How come they can do it? How come they can do it and the Indians have to change it? What are they, the Guardians now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't we're getting too political on this show. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just want it to go away. So if that works to get it out of here, I don't know. Nah, I'm whatever. all for it. I'm all whatever. For it. All right. So uh, what are we getting into today? So we're getting into the topic. The main topic of this show is what is is it? What is the best sport? Is it? Is that the question? You you supposed to know the question. I'm pretty sure that is the question. No, what's the best sport for the fan? What is the best sport for the fan? Yeah, that is a question. So uh, I'm asking you. You're asking me. Yes. Best sport for the fan. This isn't going to be a popular take because it's not necessarily my favorite sport to watch. Mm-hmm. Because I'll take college football over everything. Yeah. College football to me. I mean, I can watch Wyoming play Nebraska if they're ranked. Like if it's a, you know, like if it's a if it's a meaningful game. Yeah. I can watch any college football and be entertained. Uh there's nothing better than a big Gator game to me, a big SEC game, Alabama LSU, you know, the the big rivalry games in the SEC is where it's at for me as far as watching. But overall fan experience, I'm going to go baseball. I mean, I have to agree. I feel like it's baseball for sure because when – if when, oh, sorry, I'm stumbling over my words. In baseball, you can keep up with your team and, like, the future of the team more than other sports. Correct. You know what I mean? Because in the minor leagues of baseball, you can, like – there's top 30 prospects for each team, top 100 like and there's even more prospects. Like you have high A, double A, triple A, single A. I mean, there's so many ways to watch young stars, like not in the majors yet, but you can watch them like develop in the minors and then eventually come up to the big leagues. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think all sports have it to a degree, you know, taking out the NFL. I think the closest well we're talking top major sports. So in that, we're going to say basketball, football, um, baseball, hockey. That's right. a, those are the top four sports in America. Okay. So. Soccer has that mm-hmm. with the minor teams where if you're a, a fan of a, a big club that you can follow along with the other squads and, and see how they're doing. I'm not. I'm a big international soccer guy. I don't necessarily watch Premier League or MLS, but uh, yeah, I think baseball, like you were saying, keeping up with the team is kind of like you know reality TV mm-hmm. in a way. You know, you watch the game. So I put a baseball game on. Us being Mets fans, I think we have the best booth in the in the game. Yeah. With uh, Keith Hernandez, Ron Darling, and and Gary Cohen. I really do like the Reds announcer, though. He's exciting. Yeah. And, you know, but you watch the game and you listen to the stories, and it's a, a thing. And then, you know, they talk about the younger players coming up in the minors, and you can follow along with that. And then when I take it to the experience of going to a game, I think that baseball live is the best sport to go watch. Mm-hmm. 
because to me, you got fans. They're not as every pitch, like in football, like a big football game. Every play's big. Yeah. And baseball is a little slower pace. You can enjoy the atmosphere a little more, looking around in between pitches, talking, having conversations with who you're with. And I think that for me, you know, know, visiting the concession stand at the ballpark, like football games, everybody's tailgating before. There's a lot of drinking going on. You get idiots in the crowd standing up and people wanting to fight over the game. And, And like I don't even like Bucks games. Yeah, I know you, you've been uh, more recent than me, but uh, we were talking about maybe going to a Giants game. Like, I really don't have any interest in going to a Giants game. I, I would go mm-hmm. for the experience because I haven't been to the stadium, but I don't have a lot of like, oh, I want to go to that. Now, give me an opportunity to go to Gainesville. Oh, I want to be there. Gator games are you know, so give me an opportunity to go to Mets. I'm kind of done with the Mets for this season. Yeah, maybe next year I'll go to a game, but. Yeah, I think baseball overall has the best fan experience. You can't really do it with basketball. You know, you got the D League and the G League or whatever, but you really don't. You could look up the information, mm-hmm. but it's not the same. The closest thing to it, honestly, though, for the fan, I would I would put college football number two because you can really follow along with recruiting mm-hmm. and transfer transfer portal recruiting, you know, cause you can even like find the players that, you know, Florida's targeting in 2025, you know, as far yeah. as, as far as recruiting goes. So I, th- I think the sports that give you the, give the fan, even if it's a crappy year, you still have things to look forward to Yeah, in the future. And, in the future. and I, I feel like basketball and NFL football, I'm missing out on that. Me personally, I said something to my friend Sin about NFL. I think the NFL really needs to do a change on how they are structured for the playoffs. Uh, you know, not necessarily a um, the way college football was before, where we had like the uh, computer polls and the coaches poll and all that. But I do kind of like the power ranking thing where you can make the regular season games a little more entertaining and a little more meaningful than they are when you're playing a non-divisional opponent and it's early in the year you know it, it just game three doesn't really matter but the, can, M- but the NBA is doing something like that they're having this like in-season tournament where they're doing they like handpick like these like divisions for the in-season tournament and they're it's four games, and it's like seeding games in the regular season. Like, they count for the standings in the regular season, but they're competing for, like, a trophy to make the games more meaningful in the regular season. But how does the game – so how does those tournament games – yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, I didn't I, – I still don't really understand it. They just, like, handpick like, division – like, the Eastern Conference, like, five teams, five teams, five teams. It's, like, these random five teams. Like, it's hard to explain – we can we can like look it up after the show, but like there it's like an you play four all four teams in your division, two home, two away, and depending on how you do in those games, uh, you like move on to a to like the the playoffs in quotations for the in season tournament and the championships in Las Vegas. I don't know. It's it's something like uh, that. I they mean, make the games more meaningful. And and you know, 
Shout out to the NBA and them trying to do something. For me, I think if you took gambling and fantasy football out of the mix, the NFL's kind of stagnant until you get the midseason and kind of see where everybody's playing out. And then the second half of the season, you know, Tony Dungy used to call four quarters of, of the NFL season. Mm-hmm. You know, when they, you get they a quarter, yeah, when you get to quarter three and quarter four of the season, you want to be in the hunt. Then you got to make a little run. And then the games mean a little more. But for me, you know, I really think the NFL would be hurting without fantasy, without gambling, because that is truly what's driving the ratings to me in NFL. What do you think but, about that? I, I, for me, fantasy and gambling, I, I mean, I know you do both, not trying to call you out or anything, but I personally love to watch the NFL. Like, it's really fun to watch. I'd like to keep up with stats, and I'm a stat guy. I just like to see how, like, my team's doing and other teams, and I, I, I personally really like to watch NFL. Okay. So you're looking forward to this upcoming season? As a Bucks fan, eh. Yeah, as a Bucks fan and a Gator fan, the football season is going to be tough, but expectations are low. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we have bad years, it's whatever. It's kind of expected it. But, you know, it could shock us, like the Gators. Like the quarterback, I don't know about this quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even uh, transfer guy. I don't know. But next year we got Lagaway coming in. So th- that's kind of why I put that number two. I'm still going to watch the Gator games. I just think it's going to be a rough year. I'm rooting for Trask, though. Yeah. So, but I this is what I think we should do. I think we should start Baker, right? Because we have a talented roster. The only really guy that we lost is Brady, if we're being honest, even though Devin White really doesn't want to play with us. But um, I feel like if we start Baker and he does good, I there's two positives to this. If Baker does good, we could potentially try and win the NFC South, make a playoff push, right? But if he does bad, this is Trask's chance to come up and be the starting quarterback for the first time in his career and just see what he can do. Yeah, I, I disagree. I'm going to disagree with you on that. I think to start the year, we just talked about it, the start of the year isn't as important as other sports. Um, I mean, baseball's a long season, so that's that's all the topic. But I think starting Trask and giving him the opportunity to start day one and knowing you have a reliable backup in Baker who could come in and has some experience, I think it's a better situation than Baker starting and Baker faulting. And then you got to bring in Trask, which Trask will come in maybe with no pressure because the season may be over already when they make that change. But at least if you start Trask and he does good, you can build off that momentum and you always have Baker. I, I think putting a – Putting the young guy in there. But, you know, we've seen Trask. Like, Trask has a good arm. He's mm-hmm. accurate. He makes good decisions. And he's a good playmaker. He does, He's Brady-ish in the pocket as far as this. He, he doesn't move good. He doesn't, you know, I'm not saying he's Brady as far as, like, escapability and, and, you know, just knowledge of the game and feeling that pressure. But he's not a mobile quarterback. He's You're going to have to sit him in the pocket, three-step, five-step drop, get the ball out quick. And, you know, I think with our skill set at receiver, I think Trask can have some success. What do you think? I I mean, either way, I feel like we can thrive because if we start Baker, does good, we keep him in, he'll do well. Uh, if he does bad, just come, 
just put Trask in. But I do like starting Trask week one because there's nothing to lose. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Because if because he has low expectations coming into the season. But if he does well, keep him in, see how he does. If he does bad, just, I mean, maybe leave him in. But even even then, we have a reliable backup, like you said, in Baker Mayfield. So either way, I don't really see a problem. I like it. Are you saying the linebacker don't want to play with us? Devin White, yeah, you're, he requested a trade in the offseason. And what do we do? We just said no? Or yeah, we franchise just said no. Him or what we do? We we put Chris Goblin on a franchise tag, I'm pretty sure. But, um, yeah, we just didn't trade him. I think I'm pretty sure he's at training camp. I don't think anything really surfaced from it. But um, teams are definitely showing interest. And I don't I don't think anything happened. Is I, uh, Jensen back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's back. I, I think that he was the, the key last year. Yeah. I think if he would have been healthy, it could have been a different – Different scenario. Yeah, because sure. we had a rookie at center. Yeah, he's a he's a dog. Yeah, Ryan Jensen. He's a dog. Yeah. So, what are some uh, big things you're looking for in the NFL season this year? Players, fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah, I'm really looking forward. Did to I, that. You, you making my point? Like, like no, you, but you it, didn't say, oh, I'm, oh, the Ravens are looking good. Like you didn't. It, it's fantasy. Well, you didn't let me finish. Okay, that's the thing. Right. I am I am looking forward to the Ravens actually because Lamar is in my fantasy team, but that's not it. I feel like Lamar. He actually has some decent receivers this year. Odell's a Flowers coming out of college. I feel like I feel like Lamar could potentially. Don't quote me on this. I feel like he could potentially have an MVP season. Okay. Now, what other big takeaways of the NFL are you looking forward to? Um, I I want to see what Bijan Robinson has. Um, I feel like he can be a stud in the NFL. Behind that O line and the amount of times that the Falcons run the ball. I feel like he can definitely – I mean, the whole NFC South, honestly. I mean, there's a lot of question marks, like Derek Carr. Um, honestly, think the Saints are going to win the NFC South, if we're being honest. But um, Bryce Young, uh, Bijan Robinson, uh, Desmond Ritter. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff to look forward to in the NFL. Uh, the Giants, the Jets. I mean, everything. You think, think Rodgers is going to turn the Jets franchise Oh, yeah. Around? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. I think they get – potentially first in the division. Really? Really. Because, I I mean, they had Zach Wilson at quarterback and went 8-9, and 9-8 nine, nine and eight last year. Okay. Imagine what they do with Aaron Rodgers. Okay. He's got weapons, though. Yeah. Garrett Wilson. Al, I mean, he brought Alan Lazard. Um, Randall Cobb. I mean, Randall Cobb's like 38. What's he going to do, right? But um, the Jets have a lot of weapons on offense. Brees Hall, I mean, when he comes back. And their defense is stacked. Their defense is really good. I I like the Jets' defense. I think they could. I think they get second, but put could but, but could potentially get first in the division. All right. And then I heard today in college football there's a new rule change. Did you hear about this? What's that? So in college football, the the uh, clock will not stop at a first down. Really? So it's going to be like the NFLs. If you get a first down, the clock's going to run, which is going to lessen the amount of plays in college football significantly. Mm-hmm. And so for all you betters out there, there's going to be a lot of uh, unders early in the year. Yeah. So jump on that. But, uh, yeah, I I don't like the whole, like, changing rules and all that stuff. It made it, you know, it's kind of like I didn't understand. This is the one rule I never understood. High school, got to have two feet inbounds. College, you gotta have one foot in bounds. Yeah, NFL, I don't know you gotta that. have two feet in bounds. Like, I, I think know. it should be two everywhere because when you're in high school, you're gonna get used to 
two right. feet in bounds, and then you get to college, one foot. I mean, that does benefit you, right? But And then college, you're used to one foot, and then you go to the NFL, two feet. I mean, I've seen college receivers all the time. They they just put one foot in, and that's what they're used to in college. But um, back to the Bucks real quick. Is our defense still looking good? No, I mean, I know you're talking about. We lost a couple of our safeties, but we still have our star, Antoine Winfield. Um, we still have Levante David, Devin White, Vita Vea. Um, I I feel like we haven't really lost many key pieces. I mean, our cornerbacks are still kind of iffy. I like Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, uh, Sean Murphy bunting and battling injuries. I still feel like we can be a top 10 defense in the NFL. I like our defense. So uh, next episode, what we're going to get more into the, you know, I, by the next week, we're not going to have um, – any football? I mean, we got preseason started last night. Yeah, uh, I didn't see any of that. The Browns came back for a win on the Jets. The Jets were up sixteen seven, and then they put in like door like I don't even know the guy's name, but he went off. He was really good yesterday. All right, so next next week we'll we'll jump into college football and NFL. Give some predictions. Give my on, uh, uh, t- top five power rankings in baseball again. It'll probably be the same, but yeah. we'll see. You know, we'll see if um. The Georgia Bulldogs can do it again. I don't think so. Uh, does Alabama come back? I don't back? think so. It's going to be SEC. This is it, it's getting to the point where SEC dominates college football. It's getting to the point with with new schools trying to join the SEC. It's getting to the point where it's really the SEC and everybody else. Yeah. It, it and it. I I have friends who you know, Utah fan and um, Wisconsin and. It's just not the same. Like the good teams, UCF, you can be a good team, mm-hmm. but week in and week out, playing that level of comp, like you, there's no like unless you play Vanderbilt, which Vanderbilt beat Florida. Like unless you play somebody outside, like if you're in an SEC game, you're in a tough game. Yeah, period. I don't care who you're playing, you got to be ready, and it, it just seems like. I don't know. I don't know. I like the fact that they're going to be expanding the playoffs. Yeah. I love that because I feel like a top 10 team could win it all, you know, but they just didn't get the chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so we'll, we'll jump into that next week, some but college I, football. I, I do agree with you, but I just want one take real quick. I feel like SEC and I feel like second is Big Ten. And I feel like there's a large gap there. I feel like the SEC, and then it's a large gap to two in Big Ten. What do you think, uh, before we go, how do you think uh, Dion's going to do in Colorado? Mm, that's a tough one. I don't I don't think he's going to do as good as people are expecting. I feel like, how many games are in the college football season? 13? Yeah, something, something like that. that. I, feel like, I feel like they might just stay in the middle, like 500, maybe like a seven and, oh. Wait, seven, five, six and seven, seven, six, something like that. Yeah. I don't feel like they're going to do very good, but I don't feel like they're going to do bad. I think they're going to be below 500. I do believe that if given the time, he could turn that program around and have a – but being where they're at, yeah, Colorado – I mean, Colorado's been good in the past. It's just I've seen some video of them at practice. They look like high school players. They're small. They're very small. He's like Billy Napier. Like, he's a good recruiting coach, 
But when it comes to, like, he's not a bad head coach, you know what I mean? But he's more of a, like, recruiting coach. You know and, what I mean? And I'm a Dion guy, I, I, except for the fact they played at Florida State and played for the Braves. I love Dion Sanders. Okay? I think this guy. one of my favorite players that ever played a game in the NFL. He's exciting when he played baseball. He's exciting as a coach. I worry, though, about him being bigger than the team. Yeah, I, because I totally it, agree. There's so much hype around him and his social media presence and, and his interviews, and I just worry in today's game with the NIL and all that that he may overshadow some younger players, yeah. and they're going to get in their feels about it. So that that's one thing that I would kind of, kind of going to keep an eye on. You've already had some players leave, but a lot of that had to do with because he was bringing in other players from the yeah. transfer portal and stuff. I wish him success. You know, I wish him success. I don't think he's going to be in Colorado long. Yeah, I think when a major SEC job comes up, if he does anything with this team, where it makes it look like he knows what he's doing. Then I, I think he'll get that chance at a bigger opportunity. I feel like he'd be better at like a defensive, uh, defensive coordinator. You know what I mean? Yeah. And one more thing before we go, we're running up on time here. What do you? What is your take as a 15 year old athlete student in high school with the NIL? The NIL. Um, I feel like it. That's a that's a tough question. I put you on the spot with this. Yeah, you you did. I got kind of got to think about this one. But I feel like the NF- the NIL is um I feel like it's kind of like an iffy thing in sports and like student athletes in college because I feel like I don't even know like NF- NIL is like where you get brand deals and money, right? Yeah, name, image and likeness. Yeah, I feel like it's like not I feel like it's all about your name and your image. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even mostly about talent most of the time. Like, you know, the Cavender twins, right? Mm. They got so much money off NIL. I'm not saying they're bad at basketball. I'm just saying that their image and their presence on social media is higher than some of, like, a better, like, college women's basketball players. You Those know what I mean? Those are two blonde girls from Miami? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know you're talking about. So... I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a problem with NIL. I just feel like it's more about image, presence, name more than actual talent. The problem that I have with the NIL is this: I'm all for the student athlete making some money. See, they used to make it. You couldn't even work. Yeah. So you know, you'll have people argue, "Oh, you're getting a free education. That should be enough." Well. I get it, but at the same time, there's so much demand for these athletes on the field, in the classroom, in the weight room, and they can't hold a job, which it makes it really hard for somebody who comes from some poverty, lower income situation to, be, to even just take somebody out on a date. Yeah, you know, not have the money to do it, and then it tends to well. They, you know, teams get in trouble because the players were doing some things they shouldn't be doing, and it, and it opens up situations. The problem, I'm all for them getting something, a lot, like a stipend, but but across the board for all student athletes, because at the end of the day, you know, we we talked about the minor league system in baseball and everything, but let's call it what it is. College football is the minor league for the NFL. Yeah, 
And there was a lot of money. A lot of money. You've seen some of the contracts that have been going out lately in oh baseball, football, goodness. soccer. There's $776 million for one year? That is crazy. There is so much money that is being generated in these um, schools that, you know, for example, when Tim Tebow was at Florida, like University of Florida made millions and millions and millions of dollars off Tim Tebow. His merchandise, you know, just everything, like people coming to the games. I think that should go down to the player. What I have a problem with is, you know, and I'm, I'm sticking on the Gators, but all teams are dealing with this. You know, you sign a kid on an NIL deal or a potential NIL deal. Then you got a kid coming in the next year that's getting a little more money. And then the other kid that's coming in this year is looking at it going, well, that's not fair. He's going to get more than me. You, if you're going to pay him that much in an NIL deal, then I'm not really going to be your play, your quarterback because yeah. you're paying him that much. It's all about name and presence and image. Yeah, but I don't – so one of the things that I don't like, and that's why I want to ask you as a 15-year-old student, athlete, We'll just use Lagaway. I don't know what the, the, the NIL deal for Lagaway is, but let's just say it's a million dollars, okay? think it may be more. Let's just say it was a million dollars that the Gators, they're going to give him a million dollars to come mm-hmm. to Florida. He ain't done a damn thing. That's true. You ain't done nothing to earn a million dollars. Now, a lot of people get paid on potential once they're pro, like – you may sign a con, oh, he's got a great upsize or, or this, that, the other. But I, I I think it's really, so the two things, I think it's really scary to give kids, because that's what they are, eight to 17, 18-year-olds kid, giving them that type of money coming into college when they haven't proved anything on the field at that level yet. There's a big difference between playing Bartow High School versus Lakeland and then going to play Florida versus Kentucky. As far as the talent level, the speed of the game, everything. And it, it to me, you just can't give out that type of money to kids who haven't proved it yet. Because here's the deal. What, what happens if that player comes in and doesn't work hard? He's not a good teammate. He's not a leader. Yeah. Are we taking that money back? And and the other the problem that I have with it, and this could be a whole other show topic where we get more people involved in their takes, the other problem I have with it is where does it stop? You've got college football coaches recruiting kids when they're in the eighth grade. You know, so are we going to start seeing NIL deals in high school? Like, you know, you got friends that play on the football team. Like, you think it would be right for let's let's just take uh let's just take Barto Ford. If Barto Ford goes to the quarterback of Barto and or not even the quarterback there now. Let's just say they bring in somebody from IMG Academy to Bartow, and Bartow Ford pays that kid's family $500,000 to come to Bartow to play quarterback. And then if they go to Florida, they're going to offer him a million dollars. To me, it's just it, it's going to muddy the waters. And you're going to get kids who already, they already have a, not everybody, but there's already a, you know, you know, like some entitlement things there with student athletes i just worry about what that looks like because you've been around sports long enough parents are crazy yeah parents are crazy parents sign their kid up for 
you know, multiple teams and this thing and that thing and this camp and, and, and all to get them to the next level. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to throw money involved in that where people are going to come pay, you know, to me, you got to earn it. And, and being a good player at 15, 16 doesn't mean you're going to be good at 20. Exactly. So uh, that's just my take on it. Um, yeah, I, I'm worried about it. I think it could ruin college football. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. So anything else you want to discuss before we get out of here? No, I think we covered it all. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody checking us out. We back. We coming at you every week. And uh, we want you to uh, talk to us on social media and give us some topics you want us to discuss. We make sure we hit them. Um, Jason. I'm Cole. Go father. Oh, go follow father son thing pod on TikTok. And the Instagram page coming soon. You can check us out on all. If you're listening to us, you're already on a platform. But we on all platforms. Google Play, Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, Apple. We're on everything. Father, son thing. Peace. Peace.